Oh yeah, real lifers, citizens of the world. Welcome to the Real Life Global Movement, where our mission is to inspire, empower, and connect the world through English. We believe that English should be a fun and enriching part of your life that you can practice and enjoy whenever and wherever you want. Are you tired of boring lessons that suck the life out of your learning? Are you ready to step up your game and become a kick-ass English speaker? Well, we're here to guide and inspire you on your journey to true lifelong fluency. It's time to stop just learning English and start living it. Can I get an aw yeah? Oh yeah, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls from all across the universe. This is Ethan from Real Life English, where we believe that listening to podcasts is a fun, natural, effective, and funky way to learn English. So download this podcast and listen to us while you're riding the bus, doing some shopping at the store, slurping on a nice cool prune juice, or even moving around in your wheelchair. Oh yeah. I'm joined here in the Cross Atlantic studio, as always by the man who threatened to roundhouse kick the aging process, Justin Murray. Roundhouse kick? What does that mean? Uh, it's like a very kind of fancy kick that you do, I think, by spinning in the air, something like that. If you roundhouse kick the aging process, you're a very, very skilled fighter. Okay, it means you cheat death, right? Talked about that before? You cheat death. We talked about that in uh, last week's podcast, actually. If you're like Mr. Murray, you know how to cheat death by roundhouse kicking it in the face. So last week we talked about death, all the expressions related to it, right? So now we're going to talk about, what are we talking about today, Mr. V? Aging getting old. Not really. It's related to that. But uh, we are talking about a question that we've heard a lot that is very, very common in the language learning world, which would be, am I too old to learn a language? Or especially, you know, amongst you guys, am I too old to learn English? Yeah, absolutely. Let's start out by with a kick-ass quote or two. What's the first one, Jamin? So the first quote is by the famous Mark Twain. He says, age is an issue of mind over matter. If you don't mind, it doesn't matter. Mr. V, let's break this down a little bit. There's some wordplay going on. What does it mean when he says, if you don't mind? If you don't mind means that something doesn't bother you, that you don't see it as very important. And then if it doesn't matter? Doesn't matter means that it's not important. So what's the wordplay here? When we talk about the double meaning of mind and the double meaning of matter. The expression mind over matter, I think that's kind of maybe about like suffering, for example. It's kind of that you're using your mind to overcome maybe physical or another type of suffering. So if you say something is mind over matter, it means that you just kind of have to mentally focus and push through it. So he's saying that age is an issue of mind over matter. Uh, and if you don't mind, so if you don't, if you don't really care about it, if you don't worry about it all the time, then it doesn't matter. Oh, yeah. If you don't mind, it don't matter. It doesn't matter. Mind over matter. Oh, yeah. Definitely agree. I think a lot of people really get into their head like, oh, I'm so old. I'm too old. You know, I'm not a kid or I'm um, 30 or 40 or 50 or 80 years old, 90 years old, and I can't learn. But just not true. If you really put your mind to it, you can do it. If you put your mind to it, it doesn't matter. Yep. As we'll talk a lot more about today. And we couldn't decide on the best kick-ass quote for today. So actually we have two. So the next one is from Walt Disney. And he said, growing old is mandatory, 
but growing up is optional. Oh, uh, yeah. What does that mean, J-Man? So, what's the difference between growing old and growing up? Yeah, growing old means just going through the aging process, right? Or, you know, if you're like me, I groundhouse kick it. So, yeah, growing old, that's going to happen no matter what. It's inevitable. Growing up is a process of actually kind of like becoming an adult in this sense, he's talking about you don't need to kind of get jaded by the process. What do you mean by get jaded? Get jaded is kind of like to become embittered, maybe where you have a very cynical perspective on the world. So, I think a lot of times growing up is optional in this sense. You don't need to become an adult. You don't need to look at the world so rationally. You can maintain that spontaneity and that, that creativity of a child. Yeah, exactly. I mean, in the end, age is really just a number. It doesn't really mean anything if you're very proactive, if you act, you know, the age that you feel, not the age that you are, or the age maybe even that you want to be. I think people, they look at, you know, turning 30 or 40 or 50, and they kind of see this as like a marker that they need to like kind of panic or something when in, in fact, it's really just kind of a invented concept. Yeah, so this podcast today is kind of an open invitation to you guys and to ourselves because it's kind of a reminder. I guess we always need to remind ourselves that, you know, growing up is optional. We can choose to be spontaneous, dynamic, creative, and, and look at the world from a different perspective like kids at any moment. So, really excited for today's podcast. And so, moving into today's shout out, I wanted to give a quick shout out to the kick ass learner of the week, a person who definitely represents this principles that we're talking about today and i don't know how old she is so i don't know if i can really say that it's a question of like aging i think she's a really great learner in the fluency circle this is today's shout out goes to remo oh yeah so remo is really enthusiastic really passionate learner who inspires other people with her growth and and her creativity and, and learning. And, and she's always in there just like asking really great questions and participating in, in the conversations. And you can see the growth and development with her own English in the short time. I think she's been in the fluency circle a couple months, but definitely very inspiring to, to us and to everybody in the fluency circle. So, uh, yeah. Awesome. And if you want to be the next kick-ass learner of the week, then you can get your chance as well if you go to iTunes and you leave us a five-star review. And if you don't know how to do that, we will have instructions on the show notes of this page at reallifeglobal.com slash age. And you might also want to go there if you want to get all of the vocabulary, expressions, resources, and links that we talk about in today's episode that is going to really help you take your learning with this podcast to a much higher level. And I believe that Justin, just to wrap up before we jump into today's topic, had another shout out to someone who actually helped inspire this podcast episode. Uh, I just want to give a quick shout out to Orlando, who's actually my student, and he's 83 years old. And he's probably the oldest student I've ever had and really great learner, great English speaker. And his dream before he he dies is to speak English fluently. So I thought it was a pretty interesting item on his bucket list. But he, you know, he's in completely great health, very lucid and, and um, enthusiastic about learning. And I would just say that he's a good example of somebody who is pushing on, pushing on, and he's really acquiring that growth mindset to keep learning, keep growing, keep expanding and keep being creative with his learning. So if he can do it, this 83-year-old guy who 
he's a pretty good communicator and better and better all the time, then you can do it. Uh, yeah. And obviously it helps him having a kick-ass fluency coach like Justin. But even if you're not, even if you don't have a, a coach or a teacher who can help you out, if you have that kind of dedication, that persistence and having a big goal, just like Orlando does, then you can make it happen for yourself as well. I was actually, I was just listening to a podcast interview the other day of Sir Richard Branson, who's very famous, like founder of many different companies like Virgin Records, Virgin Airlines. And he's an older man now. I mean, I think he's like in his 60s. But they asked him like, you know, how is it that you stay so passionate and energetic about life and everything? And it's impressive, like in his 60s, he was saying like, oh, every day he wakes up and he, you know, goes for a run and he swims and, and then he, he does some kite surfing. So it's it kind of just, you know, people who just keep doing their passions and they kind of just live a life that they love, they're able to keep that energy and keep hitting, you know, big goals and stay very lucid, like you had said, into their older age. So I'll, I'll definitely post that as well, that interview in the show notes, because it's, you know, it's interesting when you see someone like this. Really, if you put your mind to it, anything is possible, no matter your age. Don't matter. Doesn't matter. <laughs> exactly. So I found that very inspiring. We'll post that in the show notes at reallifeglobal.com slash age. And let's roll into today's main topic, that said. So obviously, there's this big myth or this big question about, am I too old to learn English? And obviously, we've already stated our opinion very clearly. We've given the example of Justin Stewart. Orlando, who, how old did you say he is? 83? 83, yeah. Hot damn. So he is definitely living proof that you are never too old to learn. But, you know, obviously, we want to talk a little bit about this myth that, you know, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. What does that mean, Justin? Can't teach an old dog new tricks. It's exactly what trick. You teach a dog a trick. You teach a dog to sit down, to sit, teach a dog to, you know, shake your hand, teach a dog English, maybe. Right, but you can't teach a dog new tricks. Is basically, yeah, it's, it's an expression, an idiom that we use to describe like, people who are very set in their ways. Right? What does set in their ways mean? If you're set in your ways, it means you've kind of. Well, this generally happens to a lot of people who are older that they maybe have a variety of bad habits that they've acquired over their lifetime, and they get to a certain point where they just say, like, you know, I'm I'm old, so you know, I, I can't change. When it's really just kind of like they get into this fixed mindset, right? About about not wanting to actually put in the the work that it takes to change. Or not even believing in it. Going back to this idea of like, you know, growth and fixed mindset, you know, a fixed mindset is where you don't really believe you can change. You believe intelligence is like very fixed and your ability to do something, you know, doesn't depend on you. It depends on your talent. Whereas a growth mindset, you recognize you take responsibility for your ability to really improve in any moment and recognize that, that the brain is plastic, that your physical brain changes and in the same way. As an English speaker, you know, if you don't know how to pronounce the sound, you can build the muscles for it. You can build the oral musculature, the muscle memory to learn how to pronounce these different sounds. So, in that sense, you know, you can't teach an old dog new tricks is an idiom that goes against this idea that, no, you can. You can teach an old dog new tricks if the dog wants to. Yeah. And you said like a fixed mindset is kind of believing that, you know, if you don't have the talent, then you know, you can't really master something or you can't be great at something. But I would even say in this case, you know, it's kind of blaming your inability to do something on any external factor. So I think like age would definitely be included in that. 
in this case. So obviously you can teach an old dog new tricks if you're patient and persistent enough. And then the question, is it actually easier for kids to learn? And I think this is kind of a, a complex question because yes, in some ways it is easier for kids to learn and no, because there's also a lot of other factors at stake that we have just started to mention. So maybe we could first talk about why some reasons why it is easier for kids to learn. Yeah, I would say like just in general, like some people define like to learn another language to be completely fluent is like actually being confused for a native, right? And I think there definitely is. I think kids in general have the ability to adapt the vocal structures to be more native-like in, the, in their speech. And so, like, for example, I, th I think there's a much higher chance the child starts learning a language or moves to that country before they're like 13 or 14, that they're much more likely to become very, very native-like in their speaking. And so that's definitely true because it, it happens pretty quick. You know, if somebody, you see this a child moves to a new country and they go to start going to high school or you know, junior high or elementary school, you see pretty quickly within a few years, they become very native-like. So I'd say pronunciation is, is an area that I think is important to focus on and, and recognize that, that yes, age does play a big role in that, but it's not the final word here. You'd kind of mentioned this idea before of neuroplasticity, that you know, it's something that your brain is always growing, always changing, which is something that has been disproven. I can't remember how long ago that was, but was last couple of decades or something that people used to believe that, you know, once you became an adult, basically like your brain couldn't grow or couldn't, you know, really change anymore. It was kind of set however it was at that point. And they've kind of shown that that's not quite true, that, you know, it, it obviously the neuroplasticity is much less when you get older, but it, your brain never stops growing and changing. Yeah, this was like you know, brought in with the neuroimaging technology of the, I think the 1990s it really started to come in and it really just completely changed the way that people think about, about the brain. Neuroscience completely was revolutionized. And yeah, so now more and more people are realizing that your thoughts and the, your practices and everything, everything that you actually do and say and experience in the world, it all goes back into the brain. It's constantly changing. There are activities you can do to make your brain, I don't know, everything you do changes the way your brain is set. Yeah. I think like uh, something that affects it a lot as well as maybe we were talking about this expression of being set in your ways that when people are adults and they've already learned one language, they're a little bit set in their ways of, you know, being completely fluent in a language and they kind of filter everything in the second language, in this case of learning English through their first language. And so there's like this barrier that kids don't have. Kids tend to be very open about learning. They're very playful with it. They don't have any self-consciousness about, you know, making mistakes in general. And they don't have that filter already of a first language. So for them, you know, they're just learning that language purely without like filtering it through their first language and making a lot of mistakes just based on that, which people tend to do. And they actually, another reason, like Justin was saying, that they tend to easily pick up on pronunciation and are able to reduce an accent if they already, if, it, if it's a second language for them, is that children naturally pick up on the different sounds of the language much easier than adults do. Yeah, I think that definitely they pick up on sounds a lot easier. I think um, it's not necessarily like always true because you see a lot of kids who grew up learning English in English class in school, for example, and they didn't learn anything. They're learning the verb to be for 
you know, like seven years or something. <laughs> they don't really speak anything. So it's definitely easy. That comes more to like uh, teaching methods, right? Yeah, teaching methods. And, and I think maybe they're not really in an environment that inspires them and makes them see the utility in learning English too. So they're, they're not really like their enthusiasm isn't sparked. Yeah. I think it's that playfulness of it, which the kids that do like go live to, you know, they go live in another country or if it's their first language that they're learning, there's like a, that general playfulness to it, that they don't see it as that they're learning something or they don't see it as something that they have to study for them. It's just like, you know, they spend a lot of time with their mother, with their father, with uh, siblings or friends and things like that. And, and for them, it's just a natural process of picking it up. Whereas uh, adults tend to kind of look at it actually as like a school subject, like something that they have to study. They have to learn it. They, you know, you need it for that job to, you need it to be successful, which adds on like this kind of layer of uh, a certain expectation of stress and takes away that ability to play, to experiment. Yeah. One thing I was going to add to that is like, when you see a lot of younger people, when they start learning, it's actually what they do with their English as well, what they do with that language. So it's like a lot of times they will actually use it to meet new people. You know, they will use it to listen to music or to be do something that they're, that they're actually interested in. And so that will really inject life into that process and make it easier. So that's something that a lot of times, like you just mentioned, like older people, a lot of times they'll go the formal route or, you know, pay for a course and, and go through there. And then, so they're not meeting as many people. They're not actually challenging themselves as much in, in the real life sense. Yeah. And I think too, on that, just kind of on a similar subject, that we were talking about kids picking up easier on the sounds and that's why it's easier for them to pick up the accent and everything or I guess to speak without an accent if it's their second language. I think it's really interesting. A lot of people I've met who have like almost perfect accents in English, there's very few things that kind of give away that they're not a native speaker are just because they're musicians or you know they're obsessed with music or they play some instrument. And I think they've also kind of just developed that ear for language because in so many ways language really is like an instrument, like music. So that can be kind of like a, a little hack there even is just starting to look at the language more like music. Yeah. And kind of on that note, I know we've mentioned this in the past, but there's certain people who are really good at telling stories, like imitating other people and, and having that ability sort of like an actor, sort of that improvisation, your ability to be playful with your language and modulate your voice. Cultivating that over time can be really beneficial no matter what age you're at. So if the earlier you start, a lot of people think like, oh, I'm not a good actor. I'm not a good singer. You don't need to be a good actor or a good singer. You just need to actually, because you're you're at a very suboptimal level where you're at right now, if you don't realize that this is a part of the process. And so you can start cultivating that. You don't need to be like a great singer to, to use that to improve your English or great actor in the same way. And I think big thing there, just talking about the subject of kids and adults, is that kids, they just do this naturally. They, you know, when they're baby or whatever, they imitate their parents first. And you tend to kind of imitate your friends and stuff. But like when you're an adult and a learner and you do have the resources available to listen to tons of native speakers and imitate them, but most people, it feels really silly and they like, they don't want to do that because of that awkward, uncomfortable, it's like self-conscious feeling. So it's not so much of a, I mean, children, they do have obviously certain things to their advantage, but also most adults just don't want to, or they don't make the effort to do these things that would help them. Something else I tend to point out a lot too to people when they make this excuse that I'm too old to learn or, you know, kids learn so much easier, you know, and again with the parentheses that yes, that's true for in some ways, but something else to recognize is that kids tend to 
at least the kids that you, that we're looking at that get fluent uh, in quotations easily, is that they have like endless time to be surrounded by the language to learn the language. You know, basically like all their time they're playing, they're watching you know TV shows, they're talking to friends or or family or whatever. So like you know they just have all this time to learn. And if you're for example a learner and you don't live in an English speaking country, or or even if you do live in an English speaking country, but a lot of your friends and family speak your native language then, you know, it's just, it's pretty much impossible for you to ever dedicate that same amount of time because, you know, you probably work a job. If you have family, you have to spend time with family, you spend time with friends. So you can get to a very high level by finding ways to make it convenient and, and making a lot of your time in English. But that is something to recognize that for kids, they obviously have that advantage of they don't have a job or, you know, even if they're younger, they're not even going to school yet or anything. So it's just like everything is in English or the language they're learning. It's kind of interesting to think about kind of what you're saying about spending so much time with English and, you know, developing your social life. They're forming their identity in English already. So it's like it, it, you really have to, in some sense, kids are, are, you know, really building that that core part of themselves. Like we always say, like, you know, make English a permanent part of who you are. That's so important. So kids, they're in that phase of they're creating who they are at that point. That makes it a little bit easier to make English a part of that. Whereas an adult it takes a lot more flexibility and, and effort. And consciousness, really, to transform who you are in that sense. Because we're going back to the idea of like we are kind of more fixed in our ways. The older we get, it just takes more conscious effort. And I think uh, also just kind of like we mentioned, a willingness to be a little bit awkward and comfortable, curious, and to always be trying new things. Yeah, like like one thing, just think about, you know, when, you, when you're speaking another language, you hear a native speak and you try to imitate that native. There's kind of this... this um, self-consciousness, right? That we think like, oh, if I speak like that, I'm going to look stupid. That voice in your own head that feels like you'd be stupid or that somebody else would look at you like you're stupid. So, it's almost like we have a hard time like stepping outside of our own comfort zone, our own identity for how we should sound in that language where maybe that it's a lot more flexible for a kid to be able to do that. Yeah. I think a lot of adults, they're kind of scared or they're a bit rigid about not wanting to cultivate an identity in that other language. And I think that's something that's so important, you know, like they want to completely have that same identity in the other language, but I think you have to be willing to be kind of almost a new person in that other language. But when you actually do that, there is kind of a beauty to it that in every language that you speak, you're in a little way, you're, you're a different person. So, and it's another really crucial reason to not just learn the language, but also learn all about the culture and, and become fascinated by that, that whole aspect behind the language. I think that also kind of is one of the things that really makes learning a language like kind of special and very different than like anything else that you would, uh, any other kind of like school subjects or anything else that you tend to learn is that it has that whole cultural aspect behind it. So, uh, we already kind of have mentioned some reasons we, we've kind of started to dip into the subject of why adults can also be better learning languages than children, but we can actually... Wait, Mr. V, dip into? Dip into is like put a small amount of something usually into like a liquid. So, you could think like, for example, if you want to go in a pool, you might first dip your foot or your toes into the pool to see the temperature. If it's acceptable to you, you might dive into the pool. So now we can we we dipped our toes a little bit into the subject, but now we'll dive into why adults in some ways are actually better language learners than children. So one of the things is that a lot of different studies have shown that 
for adults, it's, it can be easier to learn new vocabulary and even aspects like grammar and syntax because it can be mapped out on top of pre-existing knowledge that we already have. And I think something that's really important here is that adults, we're a lot more logical about our learning than children are because they don't actually even realize that they're learning something. They can't look at the language in that objective way. And so, you know, you as an adult, whether you're, you know, 20, 30 or 83, you probably have some idea about how you learn and you're able to apply that to learning the language, like your own personal learning style, applying it to learning the language, which is going to help you be a lot more successful. Children can't really do that. So you're more self-directed in your learning. I think there's this a term, it's like metacognitive abilities. So it's like your meta, your ability to step outside of your own self and look at your process, how you learn best, direct your learning, and kind of be the captain of your own process, right? And I think a lot of times, you know, it's a kid or a child might depend on a teacher a lot of times because they don't really know how they learn best. They don't have enough experience, right? I mean, I think for kids, maybe a good expression here is like, it's all trial and error. Whereas for an adult, you've done enough trial and error that you kind of have more of an idea of what will make you successful. Maybe not completely, and it still can really help to have a coach or a teacher to guide you, but much more so than a child. I would say like in the domain of language learning, it can be its own domain in some sense, because if you're new to learning a language, it might be very different from other areas that you've learned. That you've learned. But you can definitely apply some of the same strategies. And that's something we can talk about here. But I think it's it's definitely once you learn that first language, I know you and Ethan is, you know, polyglot, somebody who learns different languages, you know, it's sort of the same thing. You learn that first language and it's like, ah, that's sort of the blueprint for how to learn a language. And then that knowledge starts mapping on to, you know, the different languages. So when you learn another language, then you start, you know, drawing from the past language learning knowledge, right? For sure. I mean, and I think it's even like kind of cyclical. Because like, and I, I almost suggest to some English learners, once they get to kind of like an upper intermediate or, you know, more advanced level, that they even consider learning another language if they're interested in that. Because there's so much that by learning, uh, if you speak um, English as your second language, if you learn a third language, there's so much that you'll learn about English by studying third language so that you can like reapply it. But I think also really, if, if you kind of like keep an open mind anything that you've learned, you can start to kind of relate them if you kind of keep your eyes open for that. So like, for example, people generally who maybe are, are in engineering or they're very good with math, they tend to be able to really pick up well on structure and, and grammatical stuff a lot easier than, you know, like kids might. Kids, we, we have to learn all that when we're, I think generally, like I learned that in middle school, high school. So it's not something that really you know naturally. It's something that even native speakers study. Yeah, another thing that I think um, kids a lot of times have a harder time like repetition. I think back to when I was a kid in the sports I played, for example, and like I just realized now how much better I could have been if I just recognized the importance of re repetition and practicing in a way that it's the way to get better and perfect something is to repeat. And a lot of times kids just don't have the patience with that, but adults who understands like, the importance of discipline and the importance of repetition, you know, like vocabulary acquisition. A lot of times the really great way to learn vocabulary is through space repetition systems. So you need to repeat and then that knowledge becomes permanent. Yeah. It's also like as an adult, you definitely have that capacity to develop habits in your life that help you to like really 
make that learning a little bit more effortless to make to immerse yourself in that language as much as possible. And I think like most kids wouldn't really have the capacity to kind of like look at their time and objectively be able to develop habits, you know, maybe in their free time or for example, while they're doing other things that are going to help them be successful. Yeah. Another thing is like you have your profession a lot of times. And so I mean, usually, you know, you have different professions with different relevance for English, but a lot of professions, most professions have really that element. You can really link your, your professional development to the English world and start consuming materials from English, which usually are the most cutting edge materials because English is the global language that has you know, much more information. And if you want to get contact with the newest ideas and, and the best methods, then it's really important to be in touch with English. So maybe just kind of a, a final thing to mention would be that you know, if you're an adult, there's also really good reason that you should be very proactive, not using that as an excuse not to learn a language. And that is because they've actually done a lot of studies showing how beneficial it is for adults and elderly people to learn a second or third or how uh, another language, because it actually helps your brain's health. It's, you know, I think because of that logical process of needing to focus and needing to take in new information and put it to use is really good for keeping your brain healthy. So they've done studies in the last, I think just like the last decade or so. I saw a couple different studies mentioned preparing for this podcast, one showing that it actually would delay the onset of dementia along with like a lot of different other benefits that you can get from it. And also another really interesting study that I saw was in Edinburgh University. They examined the medical records of 648 Alzheimer's patients in the Indian city of, I'm not sure if I'm saying this right, but Hyderabad, which maybe any of our fans from India can correct me if I was wrong on that. But they found, I think because this is probably a city that uh, I know India has many different languages, so it's probably a city that has many people who are bilingual or, or maybe even trilingual. and in this study of the 648 Alzheimer patients, they found that the bilingual ones developed dementia later than the monolinguists uh, by an average of four and a half years. You know, for if nothing, no other motivation, it can kind of help prevent you from getting some sort of potential brain decay or dementia. Yeah, another thing I would add there, just, you know, we're all about you know, inspiring, empowering, and connecting the world through English. And so connecting people is really a big mission of ours. It's our big vision. So if you connect other people, this is going to improve your, your health throughout your life. There are other studies showing that the healthiest people, the happiest people, the people with the most longevity in their life, the most richness in their life, they're really connected to other people. So if you can expand your network, you know, build friendships, build relationships with people cross borders. And this is really going to enhance your perspective on the world. And also, you know, if you have the resources to travel and visit those people, and have a, a global lifestyle that is huge. That will really help your longevity, your happiness, and all the things that are valuable. Most definitely. I couldn't agree more. So I hope you guys have enjoyed this topic. And I hope it has maybe inspired some of our older audience to keep on going with your learning, to not use the excuse of being too old. And maybe go out there and try to pay it forward if you know anyone else who has told you that they just can't learn English because they're too old, share some of this you, information. You don't, you don't need to be a native speaker. You don't need to be native-like. You can get to the point, you know, fluency isn't like, you know, being a perfect speaker. 
And and again, coming back to that childlike uh, ability to fall, remembering that that metaphor of that child who is learning how to walk, he stands up, falls down, stands up, but little by little, he finds his balance. So you don't need to be perfect with your English, but you you can make those mistakes. You can put yourself out there, form those relationships, and and little by little develop that that ability to communicate. That's so important. For sure. I think even we mentioned a lot, we talked a lot about how for kids, it's easier to reduce the accent to get rid of an accent and speak without an accent. And a lot of people, they kind of think this is the goal. But something I try to do with my students a lot is show them different models of people who are extremely successful and speak English often with a very strong accent. So you can try to find different models like this who aren't just native speakers, but non-native speakers who have been able to be extremely successful with their English and that that accent even almost becomes kind of like a calling card, like something that is attributed to them with their their fame, with their success. I think we've talked about this. I know we've talked about this personally. I don't know if we've talked about this in the podcast, but Arnold Schwarzenegger, for example, he's notorious for having a really strong accent, but that's who he is and that's success. Yeah. I think like another really good one is the founder of Huffington Post, which if you don't know it, it's one of the most popular online news publications in the United States. Uh, And her name is Ariana Huffington. She's from Greece and she's also very famous for having a very strong (laughs) Greek accent. So you can find a lot more examples like this. Jackie Chan, one I, I just heard a podcast with Esther Perel, who has a very strong French accent the other day. And there's so many people like this who, despite their accents, extremely famous. Definitely a topic I would like to talk about in another podcast, but we'll leave it there. You guys can aw yeah with us here, and we'll see you next week. To We're actually going to continue on this kind of topic, and we'll be talking all about how to actually learn like a baby or kid to make your learning more effective with some of the things we talked about today. All right. You ready, J-Man? Ready. Let's do it. One, two, three. Oh, yeah.